God. He is worthy. He's worthy. Yes. Lift our voice to him. Praise your holy name. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. In a moment, I'm reading from Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. But just before I do, I want to remind you that you have a wonderful opportunity Tuesday evening because most of the time when we serve communion, the children are in children's church. We'll be doing it as a family for almost 50 years. This has been a Christmas Eve tradition. So we look forward to the family receiving communion together, having the word of God, celebrating Jesus, then on our way for our family tradition at home. And then next Sunday, you have an opportunity you will never have again as long as you live to be in church in 2013 on the Lord's Day. Last opportunity next Sunday. Don't dare blow it. Be in the house of God on the last Sunday. Get a good start into 2014. All right, read with me, please, or follow with me as I read from Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You may be seated. I want to preach for a few minutes tonight on peace in the midst of the storm. Our world is headed towards a collision course. It's, the tide is so huge, it's almost like a tidal wave, pushing threatening the entire world. Mankind could have the worst thing that's ever happened in the, on the face of the earth. These are perilous times, the Bible tells us in the last days. Second Timothy chapter three and verse one. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. So we expect storms. We know the world is going to have its problems. Perilous times shall come. That's a positive, positive declaration. It is a sure word of prophecy. David Wilkerson wrote the book many years ago, The Vision. And most of the things that he prophesied and predicted in that book, The Vision, are taking place in our lifetime. He made a mistake putting a date when they would take place, but otherwise I believe that everything he prophesied has come and is coming to pass. Public nudity, abortion, murder, violence, danger on the streets, traditional values being trampled upon. The world is breaking down. Our values are breaking down. It's coming to pass. Our world is crumbling before our very eyes. It's almost uh, sad to watch the news to read the paper, to see the reports. My point number one is the approaching storm. 
We're headed for some difficult times. The gathering storm clouds are ominous as they come across the horizon with their black inferno, threatening our world, the United States, and, it, and every other freedom-loving nation could collapse in, these, in times like these. Mob violence has become the rule of the day. Occupy Wall Street was one of the worst days in the history of our nation, in my opinion. And then it spread to terrorism in the streets, the knockout uh, game that people play, just coming up behind people and knocking them out. And some people have died from that experience. The economic inequality and wealth redistribution theories, justifying people to have all kind of violent demonstrations. Even Pope Francis has joined with the, echoing the cry for economic redistribution of wealth. And I know he's a good man, but I don't agree with his philosophy along those lines. And there's, there's so many ominous voices telling us the world is coming to a, a dangerous place. Our capital is not a safe place. It's one of the worst places in the United States to walk the streets. I remember walking the streets of Beirut, Lebanon at midnight without any fear whatsoever. I remember walking the streets of Damascus, Syria at midnight and shopping in the shops that were still open. No fear. I wouldn't do that today, however. And some of the places in our own country, I wouldn't do it today. Our government is destroying our traditional values and establishing a socialistic form of government which we don't approve of. We know that martial law could actually be declared in a land that cherishes freedom, that believes that this is a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. I mean, we've got that mixed up a little bit, but it's all true. <laughs> An old warning by a man who's been in heaven for a long time, Willard Cantillon a great author and a great speaker, a great prophecy preacher and authority on Bible prophecy, wrote a book, The Day the Dollar Dies. And for years I had that book. I don't know who borrowed it and never returned it. <laughs> Please bring it home. <laughs> because we might need the advice in that book, The Day the Dollar Dies. It has been devalued around the world until we do not have the respect of the world as far as the dollar is concerned. There's storm clouds over Palestine as we realize that war could break out at any moment. Iran, Syria, Egypt, Libya, Jordan, and the entire Arabic world hate the Jews and want to push them into the sea and destroy every living Jew. They would actually like to see every living Jew off the face of this, this earth. The world hates Israel. And in the United States, there's a growing movement that is turning against Israel. Our own government waffles and vacillates in our support for Israel. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3, you're familiar that God said to Abraham, I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. We don't want to be under a curse. So we want to bless Israel. As a church, we want to bless Israel. We'd like for this nation to bless Israel because we'd like for this nation to be blessed. So that's one of the things that we need to repent of, the growing concern in America 
about our relationships with Israel. Peace in the midst of a storm. When things are going bad, it's wonderful to know that God is still in control. The Prince of Peace is born. 400 years of silence was broken. From Malachi to Matthew, 400 years of prophetic silence. And all of a sudden, things changed. In Malachi chapter 4, you read these words. Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. Elijah the prophet, he's dead. No, he, he's already ascended up to heaven without dying. He was caught up in a chariot of fire. He was translated. But I send you Elijah. Well, John the Baptist came in the spirit and power of Elijah to be the forerunner of Christ, to be the preparer of the way. Zechariah and Elizabeth were visited by the angel Gabriel, as Pastor reminded us this morning. The birth of John the Baptist took place. Things are changing. He's the forerunner of the, the Messiah himself and prepares the way. Gabriel visits Mary and Joseph. The baby Jesus is born, the Prince of Peace. So the world is changing. God has not forgotten. The 400 years of silence is broken. The Jews are now in a terrible state of affairs. But God brings hope. Isaiah's hope is coming alive. The Jews have neglected the, the Torah. They have neglected the Bible, the, the Old Testament scriptures. The priesthood is corrupt. The Jews are marrying into pagan religions. Idolatry has increased. The Jews have been blinded and deafened to the truth of God's word, warning them not to do these things. But God has promised that Messiah would come. And in the heart of every Jew, although they may be far from God, they still hoped that one day Messiah would come. God is still on the throne. He is still God. And so the silence is broken. John the Baptist comes. Jesus, Messiah, burst on the scene. And now then things begin to change. Zacharias and Elizabeth are ancient and old, not able to have children. And neither Joseph and Mary would be expected to have a child. But Mary is a virgin, and yet she's pregnant and gives birth to the baby. Conceived by the Holy Ghost, a star appears in the sky above to announce the birth. Wise men begin their long journey across the desert from some country far into the east and make their way to Jerusalem and eventually to the place where the Christ child is, is waiting for them to present their presence. In Isaiah chapter 4, and I just got new glasses, so you've got to pardon me. I wish I had my old ones. In Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah's hope is... The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, and they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. The light is shined, the light of the world. And then in verse 6 and 7 of that same chapter, Isaiah's hope is spoken. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. His government speaks of his rulership. 
speaks of his kingship. He is our king. Jesus is the, the one that the star of Bethlehem uh, came to light the way for the wise men. Jesus is the light of the world. He's your light. He wants to show you the way in a world of darkness. Where all these threats are, where all this commotion, where all this trouble is, he is our peace. Jesus is our peace. The shepherds visit the manger scene and worship the Christ child and then return telling people what they have seen. Wise men come from the east. and Mary and Joseph take the baby Jesus to Jerusalem. Now, some believe that Jesus was circumcised and named in Jerusalem, which would be eight days old. We know that Mary and Joseph took him to Jerusalem when she was being, uh, going through the purification rites when the baby Jesus was only 40 days old. Think about this for a moment. Herod could have, could have killed the baby Jesus when he was only 40 days old. I don't know about the eight days. About 600 yards away, Herod and his palace could look out and see the gleaming white marble on the temple. And there the baby Jesus was. But Herod did not know at that time that Jesus had been born. But he could have killed him when Jesus was only 40 days old. He didn't have to wait to kill all the babies uh, two years of age and under. Because there he was just within 600 yards of where Herod was. Herod was a vicious man. A horrible leader. And diseased beyond anything that you could ever imagine. If you'll look it up and, and study what Herod was going through and how he died, it is not pleasant, it was not good. Two aged people come into the temple on the 40th day. Two aged people who have hope and faith in the peace of the world that Jesus is going to bring. Behold, in Luke chapter two, verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. He knew something was about to happen, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. That's why he knew. You'll know a lot more about Jesus if you'll allow the Holy Ghost to reveal Christ to you and reveal what's going on in our world. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death till he had seen the Lord's Christ. He came by the Spirit into the temple, and with his parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. In verse 32, he says he's a light to lighten the Gentiles. There's a prophecy that the religion of Christianity is going to embrace not only the Jews, but all the world, the Gentiles, a light to lighten the Gentiles. Can everybody say, thank God? Amen. And the glory of thy people Israel. And then in verse 36, Anna, a prophetess, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. And she was of great age and had lived four score and four years as a widow and departed not from the temple with fasting and prayers on a daily basis. She coming in at that instant gave thanks, and likewise unto the Lord, spake of him that looked for redemption in Jerusalem, and she gave praise to God. These people, well along in years, have something that the rest of the city, the rest of the nation does not know at this point in time. There's a storm in our world, 
And we're living in a time of wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and earthquakes and all kinds of things taking place. And I looked up an encyclopedia about current wars. There's war all over our, our world. There's war in Afghanistan, Iran, Syria, Sudan, Yemen, Somalia, Mali, uh, the Congo, Israel, and Palestine. War never ends there. India, Burma, Thailand, Colombia, Nigeria, war everywhere. It's a time of turmoil. We need peace. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Where is that peace when we see so much war? The great day of the Lord is a storm. It's a time of tribulation. Our world is getting ready to go into a, a storm of trouble, the likes that has never been revealed in the history of the world. The great day of the Lord, Zephaniah tells us, is near, it is near and hasteth greatly. Even the voice of the day of the Lord, the mighty man shall cry to them bitterly. The day of the Lord means a time when Christ will come back after the rapture of the church, at the end of the tribulation, and come back for the battle of Armageddon and set up his kingdom on this earth. I want to close my message tonight with an emphasis on the kingship of Christ. He is my king. I want everybody to say that. He is my king. We were singing it a few moments ago. Once again, he is my king. Israel called him, Isaiah called him, the Prince of Peace, wonderful counselor, the mighty God. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And also Matthew and John quoted that and spoke of him ruler in the land of Judah. Wise men came saying, where is he? This born king. They knew he was a king. He was born king. And Zechariah, thy king cometh, riding upon a colt, the fold of an ass. Thy king cometh. He fulfilled that prophecy when he rode into Jerusalem on the donkey. Matthew tells us that the soldiers put on him a scarlet robe and a crown of thorns to mock him in his kingship. They put a reed in his hand. and They said, Hail, king of the Jews. And they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. At Calvary, a sign was placed over his head on the cross. This is Jesus, King of the Jews. Nobody can change that. Nobody can alter that. They wanted Pilate to have that changed. He said, what I've written, I've written. Because it is true, he is the King of the Jews. He's my King. He's your King. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. The multitude said, behold, thy King cometh. They chanted that prophecy of the Old Testament. Paul called him in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 15, the blessed and only potentate, king of kings and lord of lords. King of kings and lord of lords. Yes, he was born king. In the last book of the Bible, in Revelation chapter 19, we read these words. I saw heaven open. Behold, a white horse. He that sat upon him is called faithful and true. In righteousness, he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. 
And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. You may have never ridden on a horse, but the armies coming back from the rapture are going to be riding horses. <laughs> you might have, a, have a, a special treat coming. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and with it he would smite the nation. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. He hath on his vesture written, listen to this, a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. He is my king. I want you to watch this video. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him for yet he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him. Yeah!
life and invited him into your heart, this is the time to do it. This would be the best Christmas you have ever had in your life. It would be the greatest Christmas present you could give to your family is to give them a brand new born-again person in the family. I hope that before you leave this building, you'll repent of your sins, invite Jesus to come in and forgive you, and then accept him as your Lord and Savior. It's that simple. It's that easy. I led two people to Christ here at the altar this morning, and they walked out of here after filling out a decision card, brand new, living for God, and their life has changed. I want you to have that experience tonight. So without asking anybody to bow your heads, I want you unashamedly to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I need Jesus to be my king. I have not allowed him to be the Lord of my life, but I do want to. Raise your hand wherever you are, unashamedly. Just lift your hand and say, yes, I need to do. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. How many more? Well, just slip your hand up. Now then, I want everyone in this room to come to the front and invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord over everything, over your family, over your job, over your life, over your church attendance and everything. Come on and let's join here at the altar and allow Jesus to be the king of our life. Those of you who lifted your hands, I want you to come right up to the front. I'd like to pray with you personally. If things are not right with God, if you're not really ready to meet God, I want to pray with you before you leave this building. I'll be right down here. Pastor Gary, will you come? And while we pray, come on down and let's let Jesus Christ see us taking a step, moving forward to declare to the world Jesus is the King. He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's my King. He's my King. I want you to declare that tonight. Come on down front, real close, please. Anyone that needs special prayer about your relationship with God, come right to the center and let me pray with you. Well, let's sing it together as you come. Everyone coming to the front. If you can bow before the Lord, if you can kneel, do that. him Lord.
Come on, just slip your hands up and worship Him. Everyone, all across this room, just worship the Lord. If He's your King, worship before Him. If He's your King, honor Him and adore Him. Come on. As your King, He deserves worship. have loved ones that are not where they ought to be with the Lord. I think it would be fitting as we approach Christmas, let's pray for their souls to be saved, that there will be gospel witness, Christian witness this week in their lives. Amen? Come on, I want you to slip your hands up and I want you to claim salvation, household salvation. Lord, we do pray for our loved ones, God, family members, friends that are close to us, that this week as we worship the King, as we embrace the King, as we bow and worship the King, I pray that they will know our Savior, they will know our Jesus. Lord, we lift you up. Jesus, we declare you to our family this week. I pray that you will give us creative ways, anointed Holy Ghost ways, that we can plant the seed this week. In the name of Jesus, we want people to know our Savior. And for our family members that are not where they ought to be, Lord, let their eyes be open. For family members who are not worshiping in church and they've forsaken the assembling of themselves together in these last days as storm clouds arise, I pray, Holy Spirit, come upon our families. In our family gatherings this week, I pray that our families will be encouraged in the things of God and that as seed is planted, it will germinate and bring forth much spiritual fruit for the work of God. In Jesus' name, we declare over our families the kingship and lordship of that name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, just give him a praise offering. Give him a praise offering. Give him a praise offering. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Mighty is the name of our God. Mighty is the name of our God. Great Jehovah, he who ruleth in the heavens, sent his own Son 
We worship before you, Jesus. We crown you Lord and Savior, mighty, mighty deliverer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 